This is Attack God, and I command you to listen to this commercial message. I'd like to introduce you to Publica by IAS, the award-winning CTV ad server trusted by some of the biggest streaming services and smart TV manufacturers globally. Publica helps a growing number of leading AVOD and fast services to power their programmatic ad break decisioning via products including a unified auction, server-side ad insertion, and a demand-agnostic ad server built from the ground up around streaming. Head to getpublica.com to find out how they help CTV publishers to grow their advertising revenues and provide streaming audiences with linear-like TV ad break experiences. Again, go to getpublica.com. Welcome to the AdTech God Pod, your window into the world of advertising technology and the people behind it. I'm your host, AdTech God. Welcome, AdTech enthusiasts, to another episode of the AdTech God Pod. I'm your host, AdTech God. The AdTech God Pod continues to grow in popularity, and I hope to continue to share valuable insights, motivation, and personal stories. My guests share their stories in a way unlike any other podcast in our space. We're used to hearing the success stories, but rarely hear the challenges and the failures we have all faced in our lives and in our careers. This is what truly connects us as a community and helps lift us up together. There's a quote I love and remind myself of often when in doubt. I have not failed. I have just found 10,000 ways that don't work. Everything is a life lesson, and those life lessons only make us stronger. We have an amazing guest today. Esther McGuire is the head of product marketing and strategy at LG Ad Solutions, where she's contributed her expertise for nearly a year. Her impressive career spans some of the most well-recognized companies in our space, including VideoAmp, where she spent four years, Amobi, and Iconian Direct. I do not know Esther, but after I announced her appearance on the podcast, I was reached out to by many saying how incredible she is. So I'm very excited to dive into today's conversation and get to know her. So without further delay, Esther, welcome to the EdTech God Pod. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here today. Thank you. And, and thank you also to, to Sarah and the team for recommending you join. I do not know you personally, so it was nice to, to have your name suggested. And on top of that, to have so many people reach out to me yesterday, which should be about a month ago from when I launched this, saying just how wonderful you are. So I'm, I'm so happy you're here and I'm really nice, happy to meet you. The testament of the peers is always one of the best. And I have heard quite a bit about ad tech God and a almost cult following and enjoyment that's come through. So this is just wonderful to be here and to speak. I'm just rolling with it. You know, this is what boredom does during the pandemic. And now I'm here. So, you know, you never know what path you take. Esther, it is an absolute pleasure to have you here. And, and I'm happy that you're here from LG Ad Solutions. Um, curious how you got into ad tech, which is how I always start. Would love to hear about your background uh, and what brought you to this point. Absolutely. So starting from the beginning or the impetus, I have just always loved technology and it was really instilled by my dad, one of the smartest self-taught men that I've ever known. Uh, he's not formally trained or classically educated by going to school or college. He got his first tech job in 1984, the year after the internet was born. And he was building basic programs in something called a CPM or a control program monitor. And so this is way before personal computers even came into existence. 
And he's just always really coached me about being curious, discovering, and finding out more. I really loved when it was this idea or principle of embracing technology. And as you grow and evolve in your learning language and speaking context, I really enjoyed programming and understanding with code because it's very formulaic and it can be really beautiful for building things together and to see things in creation. And it was just really inspiring when back in the day, he taught me how to build my very first website and our house had a T3 internet connection, which was a pretty big deal if you don't know or remember what dial-up was for internet processing. So I just always was very curious, excited. I always wanted to know what's new and coming forward. And yeah, I went to school at San Diego State University, went for integrated marketing communications, and I minored in religious studies. So I'm also a big fan of the concept for ad tech God and the many deities that there be. And I've just really always enjoyed marketing and messaging. I think it's really important to understand for advertising, the idea that it's about motivation. How does advertising appeal to humans? That's, you know, us. What do we want? What's our hedonistic values? You know, what are we devoting to when we're looking at these ideas of pursuit of pleasure, characterizations? Why do you want to buy a product? What makes you have that motivation or those factors behind it? And it was just a really interesting experience. And I loved my school and institution. And so after I graduated, I got my first real job at a ad tech company called Edcomian Direct. I just figured I love advertising and technology. So why not? Could be a good start. I started off as a ad ops specialist. So I was doing all of the fun program management, campaign deliveries, optimization, tracking, all of that fun stuff back when getting a fan on a Facebook page was the ultimate sign of conversion success. And just really learned a lot more from Edconian Direct. There were multiple mergers and acquisitions. So by Amobi, there was many M&As along with companies like Cantera, Turn, and Videology. And today, Amobi is now known as Nexon. So it was really amazing learning experiences because of this ideation of mergers, acquisitions. And I just naturally evolved in the role of becoming and learning more as a product marketer and also a scrum master. And from these experiences, overseeing so many M&As, corporate rebranding initiatives, uh, learning how to integrate and synthesize products, platforms, technologies, marketing messagings, USPs, and more. It was absolutely a lot of information. And it was no one surprised by our industry when we talk about it being nascent and the level and number of acronyms that we use as an industry. There at times would be this big challenge and finding like a barrier in language, trying to define and distill all the way down. So I was really motivated by that curiosity and just discovery. How do things work? How do you tie and put them together? And I really also just enjoyed being able to lean on my experiences and like motivations from advertising and marketing, not only for 
the end product or output, but it's also about people. And it's amazing people that built these great companies, techs, mastery, and really bringing all of that together and seeing their motivations. So I love that. And I love that your foundation, like you, you initially started in AdOps because I didn't. And then everybody I talked to that started in AdOps has such a good grasp of the industry. Like I say it all the time. I'm like, you know, I just feel like starting with hands-on keyboard is key. But I think the biggest part that I love for what you just said was you've always been curious, you know, discovery, curiosity, and you embrace technology. That's like the trifecta that we need in ad tech. It's like all three of those. Absolutely. I think it's so important to start at the bottom and to really just learn, but to have that mechanism because it provides so much empathy. Back back then, I, you would have to build 2,000 line items in a campaign and you're just stressed trying to upload and like manage budgets, authorizations for each line item. And you know when you're a kid just out of college and you're dealing with advertiser dollars that are running within millions, it just feels like a lot of responsibility. And it was really helpful just to be able to understand when we're talking about the future of AI or optimization and automation and ultimately just making advertisers or the people that are in our industry, how can we make their life a little bit easier? How can we look and explore just a couple different ways to save us time from just, you know, hands on keyboard or I think the industry used to always say it's making it sticky, make them keep coming in one, one platform to been saying that a long time. (laughs) Yeah. You're like, I would love that, but I still have to log into these 14 different social platforms to watch for one campaign measurement. Yeah, I know it's 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 so funny. I feel like it's been the same kind of pitch for so long, and yet we all we all go, yeah, that's that's the future. That's it. That's it right there. It's like yeah, I've been doing that for fifteen years. Question for you: So, so you obviously work at LG Ad Solutions, and you work in product marketing. You have a great background. You lived in San Diego, which is awesome. One of my favorite cities in the world, by the way. Right. What do you feel? Obviously, you, you were involved with Edconian and the acquisitions, um, Video Amp. What has been the biggest challenge? Because that probably brings a lot of change, uh, a lot of reorgs, a lot of responsibility changes. How do you how do you cope with that? How do you deal with the constant change in this industry that seems to never stand still? How do you personally deal with that? It's a great question. I personally get very excited and extremely motivated and curious with change and a challenge. I love our industry because it is constantly evolving and there's just so many different opportunities or learnings that you can take from it. Not only from a technology perspective and in my course of my career, I have had the pleasure of working with some of the smartest men and women in, I would say, the entire sector, just truly spending time coaching and mentoring and wanting to make us all better and to learn. I feel that it's very important to deal with these changes by operating from a few core principles. And I believe that one of them is to listen and to be curious. 
I love Simon Sinek. He'll say, there's a difference between listening and waiting for your turn to speak. And I also love this idea that those that have the loudest voices in the room, that does not equivocate to them having the greatest idea. So I think it's really important to observe and to listen and to try not to come with too many biases and to form an opinion when you have a lot of the data readily available in front of you. But I really enjoy the fact that when you work with these strong, silent, curious types, you can find such a wealth of information and can really just change and evolve you as a person and how you think. So for all of these MAs, I think it's one, just recognizing that we're all humans and being able to understand and motivate from the idea that why would you name your product? What was your motivation for building this? Why in an MA would there be ideas of obviously stressors? People can be very um, defensive. You're trying to protect your livelihood, your focus in a lot of different ways. And you want to just come from like a very human approach. And I think you should just be a good partner and a good person and have positive intent assumptions. No one comes to work every day and says, I, I want to do a terrible job. I want to uh, just not hit anything today. So it's really about having that empathy and curiosity from the beginning. I, I like those two principles, the, the listen to be curious and then louder isn't greatest. We have those. I think we all have those. Um, and I love the fact that going in there just without any prior thoughts, listening to what everybody has to say, and then forming your own opinion or your own uh, feedback, I think is extremely important in a time of change. I think many try to jump and leap and jump up and down with their arms waving around. But I think the reality is, is, is sometimes silence is key. Listening taking the cues, understanding what the purpose of the change was, and then adapting and shifting towards where you think it's heading is usually the best strategy, in my opinion. I think the worst strategy is jumping up and down and screaming. So I love that, that comment that you made. Well, thank you. Or at least if you jump up and down and scream, could you at least send a meeting recap and an action item so that we all know what we're, <laughs> exactly. what we're doing? Exactly. Just some, some sort of direction. Um, exactly. Quoting. Ted Lasso, Be Curious, Greatest Show Ever, and just one of the ideas of if you want to watch a show that makes you want to be a better human being, you recommend it. Definitely. Definitely. I haven't seen it, but I definitely should. Uh, I've been trying to, but I don't control the remote control at home. That's the truth. So I'm usually stuck with uh, Bravo every night and The Real Housewives of New Jersey. I am one of the biggest Bravo fans. We can it's, absolutely take it offline. You know, it's stressful. You know, I'm like that show is so stressful. <laughs> I'm like they're just stressing me out. I don't know what's going on this episode, but like I'm I'm gonna watch it and find out. You okay. gotta love the banter. Yeah, you gotta love the banter. It's it's uh, who doesn't like a little bit of drama? Okay, so you've obviously had an amazing ability to to understand and adapt during times of change. Um, what do you feel? In your career, you've 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 been in this industry for quite some time. And you're you're obviously at a very uh, senior role at LG Ad Solutions. What do you feel is like the biggest highlight, like the biggest thing you want to share with the world and say, "I'm just so proud of doing this." For me, I think that it's I'm just so proud of the friendships, the relationships, and when I'm looking at what I've helped to build, I think it's 
I don't like to take credit for certain things because it's a shared effort and collaborative from that part. But I, I do think of, or when we're standing up, uh, a huge like platform that had you know been nothing before or merging you know six different UIs into one and being able to build those pipes and then you just select hit and then you get the report and it's automated i mean that shared success and just building of that community with literally thousands of people that have contributed employees those are really big moments for me and with this idea that these are lifelong relationships from my time when I was at at Coney Direct, I have 50 people that I still talk to every week that you just find and you build these relationships so much in this like-mindedness part of it that has really been monumental and successful. And I've really just enjoyed coming into more of a startup company and trying to build out and to formalize and to just be able to see others adopting, adapting, improving so that we can all become better. Because I really love this industry and I want to see it always continue to be successful. We're all, if we're by anything with the mergers and acquisitions we've seen today, it's a very small pool and it's getting smaller and smaller with the contraction. And it's really the idea about what we're building in regards to the tech behind it. And that really transcends any one company product offering or standing. Right. I, I agree. I think it's always the people. Uh, I, I say this every episode. I, I think it's the collaboration is key. The transparency is key. The utilizing people's strengths is key. Understanding their weaknesses is key. And really putting them in a place for everybody to thrive. So even on the technical front, you know, being able to recognize your your direct reports abilities and inabilities is is really important. But really, I think it comes down to truly being able to work with people you respect and you like and help contribute positive, impactful solutions. I think is really what drives it. And, and generally, I'm a, I'm a networking kind of person in real life too. So having a strong network and building those long-term relationships are, are absolutely key in this industry. It is all about the people for me. Absolutely. Very important. And to just continue to build and see those relationships because we do work at companies and there are great advancements that should be involved. But it's, again, the people at the end of the day that make it up. So. I think it's really important and what we're doing here at LG Ad Solutions that I just really enjoyed was one, uh, being a part of such large and respected global brand like LG Electronics has been amazing. Being able to work with someone where you're able to have production of hardware and software and seeing the innovation that comes from it, from the technology, you know, when you're building uh, TVs, monitors, and screens, the resolution, the idea behind what we're doing within advertising and being able to say, oh, and I can see it appear here. Like you can have more of that control and that idea that it's about alignment further with ultimately the audience and the consumer, I think has just been a really amazing experience here because 
we have the tenants of, you know, to delight each customer um, and what they have for the view. And I think that advertising just pairs so well with it of your message and that content and what you're trying to bring forward. And speaking of that, because I, I do go through this during the podcast, where do you see the industry moving? Obviously, companies like like Roku have their, their devices built with their OS. Obviously, Samsung has the, I think it's pronounced Tizen OS. LG has their smart televisions and, and connected TVs, but we also have big players in the in, in the room, right? Like we also have, you know, the Android devices, the Chromecast devices, mm-hmm. Amazon Fire Stick devices. So the, the market is quite competitive. I mean, where do you see LG or the industry in general heading and, and what keeps that competitive advantage? It's a great question. I think that one I really empathize with advertisers because it is real hard out there. The amount of fragmentation, proliferation of devices, access to sticks, whether you're doing direct to glass, so turning on uh, your TV or what you're seeing on the screen, whether it is you're connected through a streaming device, whether you're on your mobile tablet, your desktop. All of these are just various devices and fragmentation. So from an audience perspective of the consumer, it's great. I don't care if I'm getting shown an ad that's on addressable linear versus uh, programmatically served versus direct uh, managed campaign service launched through a DSP. It's all about that message and that connection point. I think that it's very hard on our side as advertisers especially within the technology space, but also for those that serve in, like the agencies for those specific advertisers. They just want to know, you know, who did I reach? How to perform? Like, what do you want me to do next? And the fragmentation and this competitiveness that we're seeing is very difficult to manage and being able to create some sort of a truth set or source to be able to help you inform. It's also... I think very relevant to talk about with contextual relevance when we're talking about brand safety consumers, because advertisers have an obligation and they want to ensure that they're in the correct environments and that they're reaching people in a respectful way. When we're looking at the maybe concerns of user generated content that can come or stemming from social, and we're looking at offerings from publishers as well as advertisers and technology hardwares of OEM such as LG and our WebOS operating system. It's this idea of how do you fully protect the consumer viewing experience and ensuring that they are respected, protected, not only for them and their viewing, but we're also trying to make the best experience as well for advertisers. So with so much going on right now, looking at this new currency, alternative currencies, and we're talking about as an industry for these different measurement data sets, not only that, but now we're looking at inventories and who has share of what, when is it being displayed and on what platform at what rate. It's so much nuance and nascent details and it's in a very divisive state. And so as it comes forward to a trend or what we're seeing for what's happening within the future, 
I do think that it will continue to further one consolidate because it's very difficult to have a stance and without that scale for certain other companies. But I think it's ultimately going to be hopefully one day being able to have access to data, like ad exposure data sets. And so what this is in a clean room environment or being able to just transparently help advertisers understand where their money went and how it to perform, I think is the ultimate goal. But just as we were talking earlier about being able to have one platform to log in to manage all of your campaigns across all different channels, I do see this being a part of the hurdle or next thing that we're going to see advancing of how do we rectify that and what stances are going to be made for it. I think the fragmentation is really hard. I'm sort of a believer that that we service the marketer always. And I think in the current state of Connect TV, all the fragmentation makes it really hard to service them the way we want. You know, in the end, people may say, people may not say it, but in the end, they're like, we want them to spend more. Right. You spent a million this year, we want you to spend 1.4 next year, and we want you to spend 2.5 the year after and 50 million the year after. The reality is, is all the fragmentation makes it really hard because now they're shifting dollars, measurement is challenging, understanding of the true value and, and, and the target of audience that, that you've reached is challenging. And so I, I agree with you. I think consolidation has been done, but I think there's more. But I also think that just working together to be able to deliver the right types of metrics and performance for marketers is key, while also taking into consideration the user's experience, the actual viewer's experience, and not seeing four ads back-to-back within the same pod, um, which that was a nightmare during the pandemic. I don't know if you remember that, but that was a total nightmare. But generally, I agree. I, I think everything you're saying in terms of utilizing ACR data the value of contextual and being able to deliver the right type of reporting and metrics to your clients, I think is absolutely key moving forward. Great. I'm very hopeful for what will come within the, in the future, but I think it's a, uh, you know, never mistake a clear view with the, with a short distance. And so it's going to be very interesting over the course of the next couple of years, but that's why change is fun and innovation and trying to build for that and, and see what we can do next is always part of the joys of working in ad tech. Yeah. I mean, I think when, when things get overwhelmed, I just sit here and I close my eyes and go, they pay me a little too much to deal with this kind of crap. But I'll, do it. <laughs> I'll just deal with it. Cause in the end, like this is a pretty cool industry to work in and we're just going through a weird transitional phase and we'll come out of it better. And all this will be sorted out somehow, whether it's with where I work or somewhere else. So how do you, with, with all the changes, obviously, in the industry and, and specifically in the connected TV world, how do you personally stay up to date? I mean, there's, there's constant change. Obviously, you probably have internal meetings and you learn a lot from your colleagues. But what's the best way for either aspiring people getting into the industry or existing employees in ad tech? How do you keep up to date on all the trends? I would say that one, I have always liked to have the scholastic approach, more formal, so industry research paper, et cetera, type to understand methodology and attribution. But from, again, that human emotion or empathy side, I love to follow various subreddit threads, uh, ad tech industry, so you're getting common questions. 
I actually recently joined your AdTech God Slack channel. And it's been really great to see knowledge sharing, community, getting updates, because you see a lot more from that side. You get that empathy, you get the understanding of what could be a potential roadblock and watching those people come together to figure out more information. And then I also think from a perspective of the advertisers with brand to be able to learn or get up to date. Um, one is being within the content production industry as well. So with LG, we have LG channels, being able to produce your own content in your series. Uh, that's always been very interesting. And that production value and what you're trying to do to create and trigger interest. So it's been really neat to see this almost trifecta leading through. But I feel that the best way for people that are starting within the industry or they want to have advice for what to do, I, I just really suggest try it out, start to do it, to be curious. I think there's awesome free resources such as Codecademy. Why don't you learn how to code a little bit and see what you can do with SQL so that we have empathy about when you're querying millions of rows of data sets for a single view for measurement, industry trades. I love TV rev. I love learning and exploring through things like smart screens. Digiday has their WTF series. And I really appreciate that they provide these primers. And those are things that I always share uh, with new hires that are coming in or just people interested in the actual industry. I have people when they're wanting to learn how ad tech actually just starts in the beginning is I have a Google Analytics and platform account. And I will just go through a fun training of like, this is how you set up a campaign. This is how pixels plays. This is your impression tracker. What are you able to see? So just being able to do and to be curious so you can have those core foundation points, I think are really huge and important things to be yep. able to to understand from that part. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I, think, I think all of this TV rev is great, by the way. Like, I don't think I've ever said that before, but TV Rev is really good. Like, I like, I like the content that they put out. I feel like they're on top of things. So, uh, TV Rev team, great job. Alan Wolk is an um, excellent writer and his uh, choice of memes and newsletters makes me smile every, every time I open one up. So I, I agree. It's, it's, it really is great. So, it, it's actually a great resource. And I've never mentioned that before. So, when you mention, I'm like, oh my gosh, you're right. I actually go through that often. One thing that I liked was was even the just the general training, how to set up a campaign. It's it's funny. I had this conversation with a close friend of mine the other day because I'm I'm constantly getting certified, and that's something that's really weird for me because I have been in the space for so many years. And they're like, "Why are you doing this? This is like basics." I'm like, because you can never confirm you've got the basics down too many times. The more confident you are that you're learning things the right way from the bottom all the way up the better you're going to be in your job. That way there is no doubt in your head of how it works. And so getting those certifications are really important. Getting hands-on keyboard and understanding how to traffic a campaign is important. Even exposure to the other side of the business. If you're a publisher, having a direct conversation with, with a brand or a media planner is really important so that you understand what it is they're looking for, so that you speak the right language. I feel like a lot of people skip those parts. They, they just go straight to selling or they go straight to campaign management, but there is no real understanding of the other side of the business. And that's something I think is, is really important to learn. 
Absolutely. When we're thinking about our roles and what we're doing, and if it's to make advertisers' lives easier, we're supposed to be consultative. We're supposed to be having a strategy and goal objective, right? When we look at jobs to be done framework, right? You hire a product to do this, so your outcome, your motivation, what are those desired needs that you have? And so even just building for a campaign, and I love to use this example because you will see all the time, I want to promote this product. And I think it would be really great if it was US. I want them to be Asian American identified. They have opened the Uber app in the last three weeks and they have watched crazy rich Asians on VOD in the last day. And when you can showcase to them and just to build and say, sure, you could add all of those attributes, but you're probably going to get two people. We're just trying to talk about scale and reach and then suggestions like, how do we help you build? How do we make it so that you can have the successful outcome or this next step? Because a lot of advertisers you're naturally starting these huge companies. And so you need to have that one-on-one approach, that consultative piece of it. And even from a publisher perspective and more for content, what I've always just found extremely interesting with ACR, which is automatic content recognition technology, which is where you're able to register content that has been displayed within the glass. And so this is also audio and digital components. We're talking about context and relevance, and we're talking about user-generated content, I really think that words matter so much. And so as an industry, we're trying to talk about brand safety and we don't want our content or ads to align or be displayed with something that we would consider non-brand safe, which absolutely makes sense. And when we look at English though, if I say the word slashing prices, the word slashing if you were to look at it on a sentiment index, is going to skew highly negative. However, in full message of context, just of that one message, right? Like four words, we are slashing prices. That is supposed to be a positive connotation to get people excited. So it's just at such a minor microcosm for context and how that is interpreted and how you're able to then measure inventory to give ratings, to give all of this piece of it, I think is very fascinating to have, but also from the perspective of a publisher and a content creator, they are here to entertain, to delight, to get inspired, to tell stories. And advertising is the funding, right? It's part of the fuel for it. So there has to be a good merger between the two. But this is supposed to be about cultural narratives and stories and what you're sharing. And it's how do you make those two align with one another? So when you're talking about context, but also that personalization, I'm really excited and I'm fascinated to see what will happen or come from in the future. So I do think it'll be very interesting from like that content or content perspective. I think that'll just be a little bit more empathetic though, will be very helpful. I'm I'm super excited to see where things go, to be honest. I think, you know, they can only really get better. So the last three years, obviously, was this three, four years has been this massive boom in the industry, connects TVs everywhere. Everybody's dabbling in it now in some capacity. We're going to see that weird consolidation phase. We've saw that with the channels and the apps, right? The acquisition of 
Well, the merger of Viacom CBS, the acquisition of Pluto, we saw Zumo acquired by Comcast. So we saw that kind of the channel cable co's and, and big content creators consolidate. But as we start to see the actual channels consolidate, as we start to see better targeting and better delivery of campaigns and better measurement, like I think we're looking at a pretty awesome, I say 12 months, but pretty awesome 12 to 18 months. And then we're going to see this incredible like 15, 20 year run. I, I, that's what I truly believe. I think that connected TV will probably be the last thing I work in, in digital advertising. And then hopefully I'll be able to retire at a, at a young age. Say that now. I hope so. I love connected TV. So we'll see, we'll see where we head, but I agree with everything you've said, Esther, and you've, you've been an incredible guest. It's really quick. I tell everybody it goes by really fast, but we're basically done. So I'm, I'm very thankful for you being here and, and I appreciate your trust and support. It was such a pleasure to be here and thank Same you so here. much for having me. And I am sure I will follow you in Slack pretty soon with a couple questions in the group. Awesome. I'll speak to you soon. Thank you. Be well. Appreciate it. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the AdTech God Pod, a podcast for the people about the people that make AdTech great. Stay connected with me for more insights, trends, and interviews in the realm of ad tech. Don't miss out on our latest updates. So follow me on X, Instagram, and connect with me on LinkedIn. Don't forget, ATG Slack community has insights, networking opportunities, and jobs. Keep the conversation going and stay at the forefront of ad tech innovation.